As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Welcome, everyone, to episode 111 of Star Wars and Scotch. Today... I am joined by our producer, Paul. Uh, Tim is heading to Memphis tomorrow uh, for Build Against Cancer. So when you hear this, make sure you tune in this weekend. You can watch on the GCX channel on Twitch. You can also watch on Dr. Lupo's channel on YouTube. Uh, But make sure you're uh, tuned in for Build Against Cancer. If you have some cash, uh, we would love for you to help the kids at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital by donating to Build Against Cancer. But Paul is joining me today because Tim is very busy prepping for uh, his journey to Memphis and also uh, preparing for the uh charity stream so paul how are you this morning besides your snafu on the way here oh listen when you when your abs turns off it's an interesting morning but uh it's been good it's been good i'm excited for all the the new things we're kind of seeing come out this week um i don't know it's it's been a weird week for me for star wars just because in case anybody doesn't know how we kind of run the show basically um i kind of gather up a bunch of news as the week goes through and then kevin shoots me a bunch of news that he sees and occasionally tim will throw some some random tidbits in there and so i think it was the first week where i think it's been light enough that you haven't sent me anything like huge like right off the bat on like a monday or a tuesday so well, in classic star wars and scotch fashion uh the fallen order trailer came out the day yeah. after the episode and the bad yeah. batch trailer dropped the day of the episode so we have those two trailers. We're gonna, I'm going to cover them this week with Paul. We'll give our thoughts, and then we'll revisit them next week with Tim uh, in our last episode before our holiday break. So just so you all have uh, the schedule, we have this episode. We have next week's episode. Tim and I are going to take a two-week break. But for the week after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, you have a special Andor roundtable that was recorded uh, a few weeks ago, the week after Andor ended, I believe. Uh, with our good friend uh, Chase, the gay Jedi, Alex from Star Wars Explains, um, and uh, who was from Most Things Kenobi? Uh, Lauren. Was it Lauren? Lauren, Lauren from okay. Most Things. Okay. Yep. I wanted to make sure. Yep, I did not and then miss Tim, speak, so. uh, Tim hosts it. Um, we're excited to get that out. It's taking a little bit to make sure it's edited properly, just like all long big boy projects are, but um, it's been good anyways. So, so that'll be released as a, as a regular episode uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's when Tim and I are taking time off. Um, uh, and then Tim and I will be back. I thought I was like, oh, we can take off the following week too, but we can't because that is the so day the Bad Batch season <laughs> two drops. So technically, Tim and I only get one week off. So uh, we'll be back next week to uh, wish everyone a Merry Christmas and uh, get Tim's thoughts on these trailers. And then uh, the following week, Tim and I will be taking a break. You guys won't notice anything, so enjoy that. Uh, uh, but I get a, a week off. I will be driving to South Carolina that day anyway, so I wouldn't yep. be available. I will um, be in Maryland, so, you know. So yeah. So no one's going to be, be off. Take your vacation, too. <laughs> if you're listening, please take your vacation. If you can, don't, yeah. Take don't. It. Relax. Enjoy your yep. life. It's too so. short to uh, not enjoy. So uh, real quick, kingscoastcoffee.com, the 12 days of King's Coast wrapped. Uh, you heard me raving about the Darkness and Lupo mashup blend. That was limited edition, <laughs> the Bali High. 
dropped yesterday. Uh, so um, kingscoastcoffee.com. I think you have a few more days if you want to try and get uh, some last minute gifts at kingscoastcoffee.com. We still have Christmas blend. I believe we have a very, very small amount of cocoa, like barely any if, if there is any left. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so you can get some last minute gifts in. It's a great gift, uh, for, for anyone, uh, who drinks coffee, uh, and we'll get a new customer out of it. I'm so. telling you the cocoa too, by the way, don't sleep on the cocoa. I, that is my perennial Christmas gift for my cousin because he loves it left? so much. But I, the, if you, the... you know, who knows if, if you do great, if you don't, uh, y'all missed out because it is, it is one of those beautiful stocking stuffer or like perfect theme gifts for somebody for the holidays barrel age general, is gone oh oh there in is general. a little bit of cocoa left oh my god like 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 six <laughs> like two digits <laughs> left of cocoa <laughs> so um uh, yeah, it's worth that. it and then a uh, personal review anecdote on uh, the christmas blend uh one of my friends is a very very heavy coffee drinker uh when we recently had them over they had one sip of the cocoa uh, the christmas blend and they have now uh, stated that every time the, the Christmas blend is out, they will be buying two whole bags. So here we go. I have I have converted one more. Friends, convert your friends because we don't let people drink bad coffee in the South. There you go. You heard anyway. it. You heard it here. I didn't say it. Paul said it. <laughs> I said it. Let's We're gonna go jump into the Star Wars now. Uh, we have some news to talk about. We're going to break down the trailers a little bit. I don't want to go too in-depth without Tim because Tim's going to have feelings and thoughts too. But Paul and I will give our impressions on the two trailers that came out. But first, uh, before we talk about the Survivor trailer, Cameron Monaghan talked about uh, Survivor being a roller coaster. Emotional roller coaster, specifically. This is from Star Wars Newsnet. Um, and uh, quote, this is going to be an emotional roller coaster for people. I think that you'd have to be made of stone for it not to hit you in the heart. Interesting. And I have some theories here. So I'm going to float it by. You played the first game, right, Paul? Oh, absolutely. I love the first game. First game, I, I think first game was my foray into games that were Souls-ish. Like Souls-esque. So, um I think we did actually the whole playthrough on on the Rage Up Twitch channel back in eighteen in nineteen twenty. Remember? When yeah, we I mean that was of the old office. That was the game I was streaming when I switched from Mixer to Twitch. I was mid oh, playthrough. Anyway, so to continue with the commentary. Yeah, yeah. So my my thoughts are when he says emotional roller coaster, I have a feeling they're going to dig deeper into the Jedi that are out there and lost, and and you know we're going to get some probably some cameos of folks that we know. Uh, introduced to new characters, they already confirmed that. We know that the person in the tank is probably not Starkiller because they narrate yeah. the trailer. Um, and it looks nothing like Starkiller, acts nothing like Starkiller. So it was a fun idea. And maybe Starkiller will show up in the game, but I highly doubt it at this point. It's still being floated. It just isn't looking like it's that person. Right. So we'll see. I'm, and, and that doesn't mean we're shutting the door on Starkiller. Exactly. I feel like that's a character they put in their pocket and... and will use eventually. I think they'll do the Revan thing. They float it and float it and float it and float it and float it until they finally go, ah, yes. Just yeah, because we've heard rumors of, like, Mara Jade coming back. Yeah. She might be in Mandalorian and all this stuff. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Cal says, we have a really dire situation that we find Cal in at the beginning of the game where he is searching for ways to rebel that are becoming increasingly difficult and perhaps even hopeless, which is much the theme of Disney's storytelling right now. Uh, when you look at Obi-Wan, when you look at Andor, when you look at Bad Batch, uh, when you look at the end of Clone Wars a few years back, it all ties into this. So Disney's going heavy and showing you how bad the Empire was that led to the various rebellions and uprisings across the galaxy. I think it's part of it is to silence the Empire did nothing wrong crowd, um, <laughs> which Tim was used to be a part of. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the idea is Disney's like, look, these villains are modeled after the nazi regime uh they're essentially space nazis so um you probably shouldn't like them um what do you think i'm as much as i want to get on that train of like it's just to silence people i think it's almost that they're also trying to take a more adult tone to star wars now as much as mm -hmm. like I, I think we referenced this with a couple of their shows back when we were talking about something else but they're they're kind of trying to age up with their audience at some level 
because mm-hmm. as much as we can keep Clone Wars and all these other cute animated shows and so on for all the kids, as we kind of translate more and more into what, you know, the kids who grew up with Star Wars are now in, good God, I'm going to say this and it's going to horrify me, their 30s, their 40s, <laughs> and occasionally the 50s with my parents. Um, my uncle's in his 70s. He's an OG Star like, Wars fan. Like you, if you don't translate that and move it away from just being kind of what a you know quote unquote a kid show, you know you you end up running into what I would say is a lack of desire to engage your kids because it's not what you currently are able to relate to. So like it it's it's difficult for an older generation like that to be like oh I'm just gonna go watch the original pieces and then if the new stuff either doesn't like continue the story and take it further mm-hmm. or actually perfectly one-to-one relate with some of the nostalgia um you end up with a less engaged audience which is what i think they're really trying to avoid we kind of seen it with with how Andor kind of played out slash rogue one mm-hmm. and like making sure that obi-wan hit specific kinds of story beats um and so it's not just saying oh the empire's bad it's going no 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 like the empire was bad in the sense that's not just like this fictitious bad if that makes sense it's not like it's Mm -hmm. like the boogeyman in the corner it's no no no. the empire was actually a thing that like ruined the the entire galaxy um and so that really translates into what we saw at the end of bad batch especially with crossfire's defection like that was uh really really one of those more adult flips you know because historically Mm -hmm. in star wars we would have just seen the whole crew kind of swap and be like yay like go clones be the good guys and and that's not what happened very similar they've done a very good job on that point they've done a very good job of humanizing the clones to the point where you know they are brotherhood they you know clone wars really we felt when they died when order 66 happened and then it seems you know say kind of connecting the bad batch trailer to this conversation in the bad batch trailer one of the clones is talking to Crosshair and says, you know, not all the clones think that this otter was a good idea. And he's like, well, they're traitors, uh, you know. So we're starting to see the reason. Well, we already see in season one of Bad Batch that the Empire wants to work the clones out and bring in what we learn, you know, in episode seven when we meet Finn and whatnot. And we find out how they were, you know, stealing kids and making them stormtroopers, essentially. Um, so in Bad Batch, we see the way they're working out the clones, and I think they're going to expand on that in season two. I think you're going to mess with cloning more, too. And it, I mean, the planet they went through at the end of the season one was was very focused on the cloning. But I, I, back I to, think we referenced that. It's it's all in reference to, to future projects, though. It's never been in relation to, like, the bulk of the army. It's always been leading into Palpatine's, you know, eventual, you know, body swapping resurrection or again back to like what we currently know with other things star killer and like the ability to do things like that and on that note just because it just came to me as a thought like it would not surprise me if with bad batch as well as um where they're translating the next kind of couple pieces of media with survivor that they're Mm -hmm. trying to set up how the cloning wasn't just a process to make palpatine's next vessel it was to make perfect loyal like sith in general mm-hmm. as a concept you know because i think that's the other thing that we have we've been missing in general in regards to that like by that that little pocket of time where we have no idea what was going on with either the sith or palpatine or anything like that it was all obscured in the shadows so i think they're also trying to lean into that we saw some of that at the end of fallen order more mm-hmm. like you had an independent sith going no, no 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 he's wrong but like we must maintain the ways and be like this weird blend of things and so um i think they're also trying to to get back into that and i don't remember because i haven't read all the high republic stuff that's coming out like i i feel like they're again as they're leading into acolyte diving more into like what the sith culture is and how it like has been mulling and feeding over time as the as it was thought dead so we haven't met any sith in the current high republic timelines that we're in we have had force flashbacks of ancient sith mm. we have been to where the drengir are released the um the uh what's it called planet it's like a it's not a planet it's a space station that yeah. has growth and stuff i don't know what you'd call it arboretum or something but oh, there was oh, uh, uh, uh the, the 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 oh goodness arbor is the word the boreum thingy like the planet yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, there's yeah. 
there's four Sith statues warding and keeping the Drengear uh, progenitor in stasis, oh. and then they let the progenitor loose in into the dark. Um, so there's Sith, Sith statues. The funny part was is they bring the Sith, the Sith statues to Coruscant because if you know the lore behind Coruscant, the Jedi Temple is built on a font of the dark side energy. Wild stuff. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they bring the statues back. They realize what they are, yeah. and then they bring them back to try and reprison the progenitor. But they're loose across the galaxy at that point. And then if you yeah. read the comics, you find out how loose they are across the galaxy, which is pretty much across the entire outer rim. Yeah. Um, to, to, to wrap up that, just real quick too, I think as we look at it, I want to make sure we note that it the mechanics look incredibly fleshed out as well. It's not just that the oh, lore is moving in this direction; it's that like the game itself is. Once again, thank you, Respawn, for pushing the boundaries of single-player, third-person experiences. Um, it seems like there's a part two. I don't know if it's co-op. I don't know if you get to control someone. I don't know if it's just you have a buddy mm. shooting stuff with you. But there's the one scene where the guy that looks a lot like Bo Dameron, I know he's not, um, you know, has, has like, flipping over Cal's back and all this stuff. And he has a blaster. He doesn't have a lightsaber. So it's very interesting. I'm trying to figure that one I, out. Too. I am... I am really, really interested to see if that actually is a co-op portion or if they do the um, pick your character for a bit, if that makes sense. It's like you mm -hmm. kind of like get to go back and forth between the two. Um, I don't know if I like the way that fits narratively just because I think like we've kind of settled into Cal being the, the main point in the main story beat. But it's just the same way they did it with Andor if they're trying to translate to like building the Rebel Alliance as a whole and so on. I think it's yep. fine. Um, well, Cal also has a crew because uh, actually, yes. which leads into my next point, we do see Siri in the Jedi archives on Coruscant. It looks like to me, at least it, uh, in the Jedi temple, it might not be, but I don't those think, look I like don't think the it archives. Could, be, could it I, like there's no way for it to be the Coruscant's like taken over by by the Empire and, and it's I mean, all you can sneak in. But the problem is, is the Empire, the Emperor turns the Jedi temple into his palace. Yeah. So I don't so, think it exists. But then, then the question becomes, what? Are, where are those archives from? Because those look exactly like the Jedi archives in the temple. Do you think they built something back on um, Zepho? Who knows? Or maybe somebody tr got the archives out, or they were transported yeah. somewhere. I don't know. Um, That's really interesting. Um, if you look to the left in the picture on the article, though, look in the background. It does not look like a temple. It looks like it's some sort of warehouse or something. Yeah, that's that's why I said something specifically in regards to Zepho, because I think that's that's where they generally like revert to, at least historically. And so I don't know if it's actually that looks a lot more like tattooing or something. Uh, everything, everything looks like tattooing. I know, but like it, it's it's like, you know, the dirt with like it looks Brown, like the inside dirty, of a dusty. hanger. It looks Tatooine. like the inside of a hangar, realistically. Less a warehouse, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> the other awesome thing from the trailer that, that was, was taken out is battle droids. So Clone yes. Wars era battle droids. We see B1s. We see some of the assassin droids towards the end of the trailer. Um, people, I saw a lot of comments like, I thought the Clone Wars were over. Da, da, da. If you watch Rebels and you watch, if you watch Rebels, there are still places where there are droids being reused reassembled if you even read aftermath which takes place after return of the jedi there's a character in there called mr bones mr bones is a re um reconfigured b1 battle droid turned into a killing machine for one of the characters in there so um droids are still a thing they're just not in full force being used as armies there is no trade federation or anything like that but it seems like we'll be going somewhere because maybe it's a droid factory maybe it's an old trade federation uh, uh, planet who knows what it could be, but um, yeah, there's battle droids, and that got me really excited. I'd love it to be Geonosis. It doesn't. No, it could be. I'm just saying, I'd love it to be Geonosis. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm uh, looking in the background. It could on be the note of, on the note of droids, real quick too. We do get uh, sentries again back from Rebels, uh, mm -hmm. which is really nice, but also really frustrating because I wanted that to be a dark trooper. Very, very, very sad um there's I, dark troopers I'm, in it yes i just that was not the dark trooper and so <laughs> you know i just <laughs> i was hoping we get more more of that in general um i what i am waiting for on the note of battle droids and the dark troopers is please for the love of god respawn give me a droidica 
give me a droidic in the fight. I don't care what it is. I want it to be rolling around where like I have to do some crazy force stuff to deal with the droidica. That's all. Hear me out on the sentry droid. I yeah. feel like the boss will be one or two dark troopers in wherever that area is. Are we talking dark troopers as in uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Like yes. end, of, end of Mandalorian dark troopers? Well, actually, no, that's a good point because on the timeline, I don't know if dark troopers, in the Disney timeline, I don't know if dark yeah. troopers are even thing it because that's phase three, which means they have to go through their first two incarnations, which weren't as deadly as phase three. Right, so phase three was the Mandalorian season. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so they, they would have probably, they probably have phase two. At this point, the, the, it's five years after order, correct? Fallen order. Mm -hmm. So that would put it. Oh Lord, I need an actual timeline in front of me. Uh, it's closer. This is what we get yelled at about every week, right? Somebody on Twitter, correct us, please. Just tell us where it is in the timeline. It'll be easier. Um, forest yeah. wampas. Forest wampas. So if we have snow wampas and we have forest wampas, does that mean we have like volcano wampas and? And beach wampas and Kevin, this is not Pokemon. We don't. <laughs> I just feel like if we're expanding the Wampa lore here, we can go a little bit nuts and just put them all over the damn galaxy at this point. No, a Wampa is as a Wampa does. Maybe, maybe. I don't, I'm here for Wampas everywhere. I, I Wampas are just fun. Like I don't, I don't know. What, what else do you do with a Wampa other than throw things and pretend to be a, a tiny Chewbacca? I don't know. A tiny Chewbacca. Well, uh, well, right, we'll is it in reverse? <laughs> that's that's in the Bad Batch trailer. We'll get to that in a second. Um, also, I love that the Wampa, like in all the other clips, Cal's beating whoever he's facing. In the oh. Wampa clip, the Wampa's Rocks. beating the living hell out of him, and it is hysterical <laughs> to me. It's the only clip where he's getting his ass kicked, and uh, the thing's just like slamming him on the ground, like over and over and again, like remind a rag me, doll. Remind you of Hulk. Uh, in Avengers. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just just Loki, real quick. So, da, da, da. Um, I, like, so I'm we... really, I'm really excited. It, the trailer doesn't give away too much. The trailer gives us like some really big overarching pieces, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pitch you into that last Easter egg point because it's probably um, you can do that one. Go ahead. Oh well, listen. When you when you finally get uh, a lovely section of the original, um, oh god. Rise of the Jedi and uh, Starkiller Saga uh, encyclopedia book with all the pictures and stuff. And there's a giant cross guard from the Sith, uh, which uh, was used by Callie Ren. And it specifically mentions where it's from and how it's done and where it came from. And then all of a sudden, at the very end of the trailer, you see Cal Kestis wielding <laughs> the cross guard saber, which is specifically from the time of the Mandalorian Wars. Um, it it's a really, really interesting setup because it it tells us that at least you know it's giving it's giving the lore fans a little bit of an equivalent of a of a of a crumb for their patience, saying hey by the way like we're paying attention and we're we're diving into some of like the actual you know older stuff not just new canon um, and current current pieces it's hey let's go back to you know the older pieces of legends that you guys love and make sure that they're incorporated not just into um watchable media but also playable media so yeah that's my high level that's my high level commentary if you want to get i I, I i think it's probably nothing more than a customization for your lightsaber because you were able to customize your lightsaber in the last one you could do you know so i'm i'm thinking there'll be more customization i don't think it'll have it much i mean it might be a little easter in the story i don't think so because at the very end of it they did um they showed off some of the combat with it and it's not traditional combat it's not the dual saber and it's not it, it is like heavy great sword swinging that thing around like a like a sledgehammer well they have so, lightsaber st fighting styles in this game they didn't have that yeah. in the last one and this yeah. one you'll be able to choose your style so you will be able to do like sledgehammer style quick and fast you know similar to the way if you played Swotor back in the day, you had different lightsaber forms depending on what type of Jedi or Sith you were. Um, yeah, I'm just they, saying they I got think rid of it. But I think it's related to his combat form, though, because it, if 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 what we're seeing is to be believed, I see what you're quote, saying, right? Like, I don't think it's just a, a fun gimmick. I think it is a he puts this thing on and now you are wielding a great sword, just like Kylo would in terms of your your big brutal strikes, just like uh, Grandpa Anakin. Uh, and then the other two are a little bit more daggery dual blade star killer-esque and then you kind of have the traditional normal single single blade style 
yeah, you might be right. So maybe maybe your fighting style dictates your type of lightsaber, essentially, at the end of the day. And then the you only, can customize that. The only thing I'm interested in is it looked like the blade was much longer than we're used to in that final series of clips. I don't know if it was like getting extended or retracted. Might be more like a claymore as opposed to a sword if you're yeah, using that's like a heavy it, fighting style because it's two-handed. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't it looked like the blade was like extending and retracting on moves, which is not something we've traditionally seen during lightsaber combat. But like, I'd be stoked. We'll find out. Or maybe the lightsaber is breaking because if I have it right here, if you look, sorry, audio listeners, maybe it's breaking because he didn't fully uh, repair it too well. That's true. No, but at the very end of the 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 series, when you get the dual bladed, it's fully fixed because it's yeah. No, you fix series. it, but yeah. it was broken at one point. Maybe inside there's a wire loose. Who knows? Um, one more thing <laughs> on on uh, uh, um, that before we move on was the bounty hunter that's talking in the trailer. Uh, Alex, Star Wars Explained, put out a great theory video saying that he could be a Gendai. If you watch the old, old Tartakovsky Clone Wars, I'm talking the ones before oh, wow. Disney and Cartoon Network, the old Tartakovsky ones, which I love, by the way. Um, Dirge is the bounty hunter that works for the Empire in that Dirge is a Gendai. Gendai are like next to impossible to kill. Um, if you remember, and this is a bit more on the animation side, uh, I think it was Obi-Wan or, or no, I think Mace faces him first. Cuts off his arm or his leg or something. You think he yeah. won, and then all these tentacles come out, and it just like grows back. Um, yeah, it doesn't grow back. It actually pulls the leg back in and like reseals the wound. Um, so Gendai are like next to impossible to kill unless you get them in the brain. I don't think this is Dirge himself, but there's a possibility that that character could be a Gendai, which means that boss fight would be a lot of fun trying to get him through the heart of the brain to kill him. Uh, instead of cutting off limbs, so um, that was that was really it on Survivor. You're telling me that it's a vampire, essentially, or a zombie. They're, they're vampire zombies. Okay, cool. The 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 person in the the tank seems to be some sort of Jedi. That's you know, completely not happy, for lack of a better way of I mean, saying would, that. Would you be happy being sealed up like that and almost dead? No, think. and now seems like wants revenge. But I don't know if they work for the Empire as much as they're just an antagonist. Um, you know, trying to get things done. So, yep. uh, oh, oh, also we can mount. Uh, apparently, we have mounted combat in this. I saw that. I was so excited to like jump on the back of of a, a tauntaun and just ride into battle. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there's different mounts. Maybe it's planetary. Maybe it's situational. We'll we'll yeah. we'll find out more as we um, uh, go along. Moving forward, uh, we finally got some more news from uh, Rogue Squadron. In terms of what kind of happened, uh, also Patty simultaneously, Jenkins career is a mess right now. <laughs> did you see her state? So she had a statement on Twitter yesterday, which is very interesting. So I'll get into that after I read the news here. But um, a new report from Jeff Schneider indicated that basically Rogue Squadron had similar issues to like pre-production in relations to getting it off the ground, which is why it got halted. It had less to do with. Um, the actual script itself apparently and more just that it was taking forever to get things approved and moving forward and so they they kind of stalled the project uh, <laughs> straight from him uh, here's the thing dot 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 i uh, heard i've heard some things about patty jenkins i've heard she's a nightmare and i'm sorry i hate to be the guy who's calling people names uh, i get it but listen i've said that about male or female directors too uh, i've heard everything that she turned uh, in with wonder woman was a mess and i heard that star wars rogue squadron was a mess like, what do you want from me? I don't know what you want to say. That's just what I've heard. Um, the film was actually formally pulled from the release schedule in early September um, mm -hmm. with no word, which leads me to believe in general that there just wasn't enough movement. And also Bob Iger did, uh, didn't did have a chance to do Bob Iger things yet because Chapek was still trying to cut the fat in various ways. Mm -hmm. Um and since we know that Chapek had his hand in a lot of the cinematic stuff and what was actually going to be built and released, and it had to be according to his like desires and specifications, um, as much as I also think it's probably Patty Jenkins being a little bit of a stickler for her vision, it would not surprise me if it was two visions there clashing and thus it never actually went anywhere, and that's why it really got stalled. Um, especially with the statement she put out this week in regards to what happened with Wonder Woman and why she stepped away from Wonder Woman 3. 
Yeah, I read that last um, night. It was very, very interesting. I don't want to get too much into it because it's a little bit separate from Star Wars um, and not even really related to Rogue Squadron because she doesn't mention it at all. Um, it's all in relation to um, what actually happened inside Warner Brothers, especially with the changes that were occurring after the Discovery merger and then the CEOs exiting and James Gunn um, coming into the fold to kind of be a co-CEO. Um, so based on that, commentary alone and the people backing her up there i would not be surprised if as much as we're hearing it from jeff that it was um patty jenkins's issue we kind of know everything at disney and star wars kind of ran back to to our uh exiled bob here so i i don't know where realistically to place it inside of um truth or fiction at the moment yeah it's it seems like i'm both well here's my thing is it seems like he said she said in each situation but I feel like if DC had an issue with her too, and now Star Wars Lucas had an issue with her too, it might just be that she's not putting out good enough content for them to be interested. Or maybe the the first draft of the story was just like, nah, we know James Gunn is going to be a stickler about stories for DC. I think it's interesting that she, he hasn't said anything like he hasn't said anything. And she said that she hasn't heard from DC at all. So that doesn't sound like a James Gunn thing to me. And that's my point is like, if if James Gunn had come out and said, hey, like, we're just not moving forward with Wonder Woman 3 due to X, Y, and Z, or just, like, we're taking it in a different direction, that's different than, like, not saying anything, not talking about it, and saying, hey, we're putting it in a different direction or not doing anything. Because the whole point of her release yesterday was that nobody had actually said anything. Like, that there was no, like, negative commentary or, like, we're not actually doing anything. It was just there was radio silence. So that's my concern. Yeah, again, he said, she said, so we don't really know the bottom of it. Uh, what well, we, we know that the movie, that DC's not moving forward. We know that. We just don't know why, and she's saying she didn't hear why. So I don't know. It could be, it could be a number of things. Um, you know, she did Wonder Woman 2, right? The not one great one? Two. One and two. She did one as well? Yeah. How do you go from that to that? I didn't realize she did one. I'm pretty sure it was one and two. Let me double check, but I'm I'm ninety. One is sure. such a good movie. Yeah, exactly. two is like two felt like good characters in a bad movie, kind of like yeah. Joaquin Phoenix and Joker for me. Like no, oh, that's yeah, yes. yes, yes. Yeah, that's that's how that that felt. And two, like I was very interested in the characters, but the storytelling yeah. was just really off. Yeah, no. Number one was Patty Jenkins and Alan Henberg. Wow, because one is, is like Patty Jenkins. Yeah, one is probably one of the best DC movies ever. Period. End of sentence. Yeah, and that's saying a lot coming from me because yeah. there's a lot of Batman movies in there. So yeah, I don't know. It's just it's, it's very weird. I think realistically, I think this is kind of what happens at the end of the day, which is you have too many people in the pot trying to direct a certain vision, because in reality, the original Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman one, was realistically in isolation like you could have put that movie out independently with no attachment to the rest of the dc universe and it would have been a great movie with a great story with a great character and that been it but everything past that has been like trying to build into this weird dc you know like cinematic universe just like marvel disjointed did. And, universe and it, and it never worked and i feel like part mm -hmm. of it is like her trying to have to shoehorn all of that into a movie where she just wanted to write her Wonder Woman movie. And thus she had to be like, oh, we have to have these characters and these plot lines and story beats to make sure it lines up with this. And and especially after the fiasco that was the original Justice League, like, I don't... That's why I can't, like, I, I, I just have this issue placing all this blame on Patty Jenkins when number one was so good. And then the moment number one was good and they, like, took it into the DCE Yeah, proper. DC does have a habit of, because they ruined Suicide Squad. Even David Iyer said that's not the movie he intended to make. And then yeah. they ruined Justice League. Zack Snyder said the same thing. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I've ever heard anything about Patty saying that two was ruined. But maybe she wanted to keep her mouth shut so she could direct three. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I so... think she loves the character enough. Like, if you read that statement, she's just glowing both about the character and the actors uh, and actresses. So it, it's one of those like, 
do you just keep your mouth shut so you can keep working with your favorite people? Because I mean, we all know we do that. So, you know, and that's the same thing that happened with, with Zack Schneider and everybody else is like, they just kept their mouth shut because they wanted to work together and finish what they'd started. Not because they liked Joss Whedon. We know that for a fact. And so it wouldn't surprise me if something similar happened here. So I'm really hoping um, we get to see it. I'm really hoping we see some form of Rogue Squadron. It is such a good idea, such a good premise that I don't want it to realistically be left on the wayside for, you know, years upon end. I'm, I'm hoping Iger does some of his magic and, and kind of rallies the troops to give us what we've been. I haven't read for. any of the Rogue Squadron books for. I probably don't even remember the stories. That's how long ago it was. And then my only other recollection of Rogue Squadron outside of the movies is the N64 game. That was really good, though. Oh, it was an amazing game. It was one of the one of my favorite Nintendo 64 games. I'm really hoping Nintendo, if you're listening, if you could just put that on Switch, that'd be. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet, uh, Giancarlo Esposito was saying season three of Mandalorian is more expansive than ever before. Quote, I just think that the show gets more expanded and more visually profound with each season. And I think it's the vision of John Favreau and Dave Filoni that begins that expansion. But it's also all of the artisans that they trust to collaborate with them. I was blown away by the sizzle reel. All of the sudden, all of a sudden, the world you came the world just came at you in a much more intense and it's always been gratifying, but in a way that allowed you to know, you know, that feeling that you have, this is very poorly transcribed. You have a dread or doom of excitement personified. That's the feeling you get because the story is all of a sudden being coalesced for you to understand all of the elements that you didn't know about, which is what has made Mandalorian so successful. Um, so I love that the mythology goes beyond the show uh, behind this show is incorporated into all the visuals that seem to be filmic. And I love that fact. You're the fact that you're able to see with each episode this season, you're really turning on a new movie visually. It's a sight and sound extravaganza that expands you to a place that, you know, we can say a lot of words about a lot of different things, just like kaleidoscope. But I think when you watch it, you have the space to feel the emotion and connection between characters the Mandalorian, you have the space to feel the largeness of this universe, of this world building, and you have the space to see where you fit in. God, I wish I could be that warrior, that hero, that heroine. And we see that weakness and the power of the villainous that want for themselves and not for the whole. What I love about the show is our army is all about us who are starting to understand once again. It's for the people and by the people. And if we stand up and allow our voices to be heard and understand our strength in numbers, we can then recreate the world as it should be in peace. And blah, 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 blah. He talks about it. Uh, feel good stuff back to star yeah. wars um so that's an interesting quote when he says expansive and he's right um that's what made you know which planet is din going to next was always yeah. the fun part of of the show and where are we off to is it somewhere new is it somewhere familiar who are these characters we're running into is it someone new is it someone we know you know the armor smith new character oh that was so good established mandalorian lore that we already kind of connected with um bringing in a Vizla who's an ancestor of a character characters we know from, from EU and from clone wars and whatnot. Um, bringing Bo in obviously was a big deal uh, that having the person that voiced them in animation play them too, was just like mind blowing. Yeah. So he's right. He's hitting it. And if he's saying season three is going to do more of that in a larger way, the, the big thing for me in season three is Mandalore itself. We've yeah. seen Mandalore and clone wars. We've seen, mandalorians all littered throughout legends and eu we haven't really seen mandalore itself except in some comics and whatnot so to go to mandalore in live action for the first time even though it's destroyed it doesn't matter to me um it seems like there's going to be some sort of redemption rebuilding and i think this is a play to rebuild mandalorian culture for future star wars storytelling beyond where we are at in the timeline there which means then when we go back in history it'll be as familiar you know when we start doing old republic stuff as well and i'm sure there's mandalorians in the new republic or the high republic we just haven't seen them yet we're gonna go pay the bills real quick and continue this discussion in two seconds we'll see you right back in two seconds 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. So to continue on the train of thought, um, I'm really interested to see what happens now that Baby Grogu's gone. Like realistically, because this whole next well, section, he's back. Yes, but like. We're trying to, they are trying to kind of do this thing where like you start splitting the storylines a little bit while they're still connected as like people. Because I think he's just background noise this this season. He's like, exactly. the key, I don't think he has a plot line anymore now that we've established he's going to stay with Din. Yeah, it's just one of those moments where I want to see what happens when you remove, again, similar to what we've done with like Rogue One and Andor is like, remove, remove the lightsabers, please, for a minute. Let's remove the space magic. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Now, granted, at the same time, um, I don't want that to happen because the whole concept of Mandalorian people is also like entirely the antithesis of, of the Jedi and figuring out like what to do with that. The yin and the yang. Exactly. And so I'm really interested to see what happens. It still makes me laugh every so often that one of those memes comes up where it's the um, uh, picture of the, the shotgun, the, the shotgun meme. And it's like, uh shame shame you guys got a great like a uh, uh, molten saber right there <laughs> wonder what would happen if i shot some molten lead towards it <laughs> you know because they they're the only people in the galaxy to still use like projectile based weapons simply mm -hmm. because the jedi existed and so you know it's it, i want to see what happens as they remove that at some sense from from their identity because they are almost having to at the moment because it's like they've never had to be like in a non-jedi you know force existent world it's always been like no, no no how do we beat these you know samuel l jackson word here right and mm -hmm. so i'm interested to see how they translate that because we haven't ever seen it with the exception of like andor and rogue one where there's no real force and jedi at play And all of a sudden, we have Grogu, who's like, ah, yes, I am still baby. Uh, I am fledgling. And so I, I can't do anything. I just get to sit here. Um, wave and cute looking pretty. And um, Din and the rest of the crew are running around going, ah, yes, I have to rebuild Mandalorian culture. Oh, wait, nobody likes me. And so. Yeah, it's just I feel like it's just something they have to do at this point. Like, there's no yeah. we have to go to Mandalore. We have to explore this. We have to understand it. We have to make it all make sense. Uh, and connect with older lore. I think that's the whole point of all of this is, is this is an effort to bring, again, this is what Mandalorian does very well. It brings the familiar to people like you and me who know expanded universe lore, legends, and so on and so forth. But it also brings new people like my wife, who doesn't have any knowledge of that, and my son, You know, my son will eventually be like me and dive deeper into yeah. the lore. That's just how he's built and how he's wired. Um, you know, my daughter loves Star Wars, but she's not doing that it with this. She does that with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Those are the two that she goes nuts on. My son is getting very interested in Star Wars now yeah. um, and comics. So it's just it's just the way. But my wife, 
She's never going to do that, but there's enough meat on the bone for her to be hooked to come back and watch season three. And that is where they're excelling with Mandalorian. I know people love Andor more than Mandalorian. I, I love Andor. I, I don't even like comparing them. It's, I don't think it's fair, but it's I love and right. I love Andor because of the tone. It's different. It's not that you're cut run of the mill star Wars, but it still takes place in one of my favorite places, you know, one of my favorite playgrounds. So that's the fun part for me with Andor. Um, and I do think everyone should watch it. I do think if I sat down my wife and said, hey, watch this, it's fun, she would enjoy the journey and the ride. I think she connects to Mandalorian more because of a character like Grogu, because Luke Skywalker shows up, because she knows who Ahsoka is. So, um, yeah, that I think that's what makes Mandalorian so successful. They can manage to put all of this in a pot, mix it up, and the stew comes out amazing. So I think... I think that's why Mandalorian will always traditionally do better. It was also the first live action TV show. So it was, you know, it's kind of like the streamer mentality where it's all the nostalgia. guys. Yeah. All the streamers that were on Justin TV back in the day that stuck it out. Like most of them are, you know, sitting at 2000 CCV now. So um, it's the same concept uh, and same idea. Yep. I agree. I, I think. I, he loves to tease these things. Like every every like four or five weeks, we'll get like a really really good headline from Giancarlo about like what's going on in Mando. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what it is, it's always something. And so as we've been getting closer, it's been less and less, um, like vague hype and like oh man, like it's you guys are gonna be so excited, like you know. And, and as we've gotten closer, it's been more and more like no like the story is expansive no like like you're really gonna ex be excited to see the way they take you know the next conflict of of moff gideon and um the the rebels quote unquote whether you want that to be the rebel like you know uh, rebels themselves or the mandalorians um and so we're coming to this headway we're like Okay, are you going to spoil anything serious? Or are we just gonna get to <laughs> the series? Are we gonna are we gonna pull a Dwayne the Rock Johnson where he spoils Superman before Superman is officially announced? Or you know, um, and so I don't think he will. He's too professional for that. But at the same time, it's really interesting to see how far that line is getting. <laughs> like, ah, oh, yes, we're gonna keep. I going. think they like him leaking details because he's he's very well spoken. Yes. Um, he he knows how to get his point across uh, very well. And I think he manages to do that without giving us the, like, you know, it's like the he has spoon a hard line. At, yeah, it's the spoon at Costco. It's like, here, here you go. You can taste this little thing. And you're like, oh, man, I should buy that 65 pack of whatever the hell that is, even though it'll probably go bad before I can finish it. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what he does. And you're interested now because he's, he spoke and it was delicious and now you want more. Yeah. So maybe you will pick that up. So I, I, um, and he's like, you said, he's the person to do it. Like if anybody yeah. else would do it, we're, we're probably going to be like, eh, like, like, should I listen to your spoilers at the moment? But because he has such a genuine level of excitement for it on top of him being so well-spoken and so currently in media that it's, it's hard to not as he seems like Loney. He seems like one of those guys that only takes roles he wants at this point. Yes. And then throws himself into it. Yes. And the boy you see is him in Far Cry. I I didn't beat Far Cry, but I played like 15 hours of it and Ooh. he was phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. And yes, to your point, the boys dude, like and and I think the other thing too is people are underestimating because it, it happens in culture now where people will be like, oh, you're an actor or you're an actress or you're, you're a musician. Completely neglecting the fact that those people are people too. And like, he is a huge nerd. Like, huge. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's just, it, like it, it's not Henry Cavill, right? Because we stand our king of the nerds here. But um, he has this classic... It's so, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. It's almost like he's like a regal figure, like he's like the monarch as opposed to, you know, like the young hip kid, you know, where he's he's this a little bit more uh, statesmanly nerd. Like he kind of like sits up here and is like nice dressed and like brushes off his suit for a minute and then tells you these like hyper nerdy things from 60 years ago and then keep going. And mm -hmm. so it's this charm that like, I think Disney's really just leaning into it in general because they said, you know, have fun, don't spoil anything. And Dave Filoni was like, 
you know the thing better than anybody you are the character have a great time um it's very different from like a tom holland where it's like tom we're not letting you see anything you don't get to see the entire script ever like just sit over there yeah tom <laughs> is the type of person that uh i don't know if um <clears throat> you won't get access to certain ips it'd be very cute he just, it just sorry our staff is asking for 2fa on something uh go do your thing i'll keep talking anyway but basically tldr chat I said chat. Is it chat? Do we call them chat here? I don't think we call them chat. I mean, instinctively, we call them chat because of yeah. our history, but they're technically not chat because there is no chat function. So it's listeners. Listeners. Nerds. Nerds of all uh, kinds. Um, nerf yeah. herders. Nerf herders. Yeah. You right, can we, we, we need to find a Wampa a new one. You scruffy looking nerf herder. Yeah, but we need to find a Wampa one now with all the Wampas coming back. Because if, if we're going to have volcanic Wampas and we're going to have forest Wampas, like, chat has to be some kind of a Wampa. I right? want biome Wampa. I want a whole pop figure set of biome-based Wampas. That is my... If you're out there, what, what a Would a forest Wampa me. look like Swamp Thing? No, the forest Wampas... Well, that is a forest Wampa. So you would want a Swamp Wampa. I would want a Dagobah Wampa. A Swampa. The dad, the dad force is strong with me. Yes. Um, um, on that note, we're gonna jump to probably we referenced in the beginning, right? Like we got some. We'll start with the, the 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 young Wookie, the young Wookie. We we finally. Do you know seen, that Wookie? I do know that Wookie. Um. So if you guys haven't seen the new Bad Batch season two trailer, uh, it came out this week. It's set to arrive on Disney Plus shortly after New Year begins. Uh, starting two episodes. Two episodes they've been doing this i'm really enjoying the first like two just because it gives you a cohesive like chunk uh, but both of those will arrive uh on disney plus on january 4th um the big things that i'll kind of give you guys right off the bat number one is it is taking place after the Saul Guerrero deal if you haven't seen the end of bad batch season one go watch bad batch season one because there's a huge big thing that happens we referenced it earlier with crosshair um if you missed that part, I'm not going to spoil it again for you just in case. But um, the big points are that the clones have finally broken free. They are no longer under the chip control that we uh, saw at the end of, I think it was Rebels is the ones where they, they figured out the chip and took it out, right? Correct? Or was yes. that a badge badge as well? That was Rebels, in my, if I'm remembering correctly. It yeah, all becomes one animated series in my head, so... It does. Um, so at the end, you know, they figured that out. The the Bad Batch figures that out as well uh, and takes them out, but they kind of end up going in different directions. And so season two kind of really kicks off where that split happens. Um, yeah, but we get Gungi. Everybody loves Gungi. He's everyone's favorite little Wookiee Padawan Jedi. Um, like you said, yeah, he's one of the it's ones. In... It's Ahsoka's Padawan. Not quite Padawan, but Padawan. He he's in the Ilum episodes where they're harvesting the crystals for their lightsabers of Clone Wars with Yoda and Ahsoka. It's uh, my which favorite is great... lightsaber building scene. It's like, fun. That it's so cute. He's he like he does the thing, and then like the way that the face that he makes as he finishes his cute little lightsaber is like. Mwah. That's where you learn about the droid that helps them build it too. That there's this one ancient droid that helps them the Padawans build their lightsabers. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Gungi being there was uh, made me very happy. Um, but there's there's a lot of little things they dropped in that trailer. We get a new uh, employer, Fee Ganoa, who's played by Wanda Sykes. Um, who you could, if you couldn't tell, that was Wanda Sykes' voice yeah. immediately. Uh, yes. You obviously have not watched her comedy, and I suggest you uh, you go Please do go. that. Yes. Uh, what's Rhea Perlman's character's name? Because she's uh sid sid is also back she's oh, in the trailer and rhea perlman is obviously playing her again because no one could mistake rhea perlman's voice um omega looks like she has armor like she's part of the crew now she's going around they've accepted her into their little tribe because at first they were very resistant now it seems um they're yeah. cool with it like we talked about before the mention of crosshair with the clone when the clone says you know not everyone's cool with this and he's like well they're traitors too bad so i don't know if there's a redemption arc for crosshair in all of this uh it could just be that this is it and he's just he is the bad guy um it would be 
very Star Wars to have a redemption arc, but it would also be fitting for their nemesis to be their brother. Um, so I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see because I don't think they've ever realistically made it as as clear cut when there's something like this. Like it's always been a gray area when they have somebody defect like this where they were on the quote unquote good side. Um, it feels very much realistically akin to like the Rogue One of the world when when um, Galen swaps for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden goes, oh, right. And so even even with Galen, there wasn't really a redemption arc. He just did something that could redeem the work he did. There was no redemption for him. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm feeling here is we may not get a specific redemption for the character, but the character may do something that redeems, you know, the idea of the character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um because they're really good at doing that. They like they, they Star Wars has never shied away from um I don't want to say sacrificial acts in general, mm-hmm. but the, the the you know the idea stands. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. The other cool things that we got from this trailer, um we see Bail Organa like and so I'm really like is that a are we getting this Andor tie-in like we talked about 6 months ago? <laughs> Well, he's in Obi-Wan. Well, we know we know Bale is helping the rebellion yes. very quietly. Uh, we know that from Rebels. We know that yep. from the movies. Um, so it is not a surprise to see Bale in, ba- in Bad Batch, especially because we just saw him in Obi-Wan. Yep. I would not be surprised if we see him in Survivor. Would not shock me whatsoever. Um, uh, is he dead? No. Than Survivor? Mm-mm. Okay. He doesn't die till Ulderon blows up. Okay. Gotcha. That's when he dies because yeah. Leia talks about her family and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you hope so. He doesn't die till, till that happens. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't shock me to see him. They're, they're making him and Mon Mothma more prevalent in... And again, Disney's diving heavy into how the Rebellion formed operated so and so forth so him and mon mothma are getting kind of center stage through all of this and being leaders and subverting the empire from within um i don't know if you saw the latest the last Andor episodes but mon mothma's playing 40 chess yes uh with with uh isb who's spying on her so um yeah doesn't love shock me at all spending too much on uh, the uh the rebel alliance and then blaming blaming her husband I was genius. Genius. I'm, I'm gonna start. Great time. I'm gonna start blaming my wife for all my bad World Cup gambling habits. No, I actually did. Uh, my friends are uh, the Pete and Wayne from Kings Coast are uh, the ones gambling on the World Cup pretty pretty extensively. Are they? Uh, are they? Are they up? Or are they down? Like... Pete is up, uh, but it got to the point where he lost money on I forget which. Oh, it was Netherlands and Argentina. He lost the bet, but then he bet on the penalty shootout right when it dropped. And he won that, so he got his money back, and then so. <laughs> um, there you go. Listen, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm really excited in general for the season two of Bad Batch because we're getting so much of these little things that I think we've asked for for a long time, which is a little bit more depth, a little bit more uh, classic characters, and the return. Cody. Of- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was, I was, I was gonna say in a minute, but that works. We'll jump straight into it. Rex finds Cody and brings him into the fold, and I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, Cody, Cody did something terrible, but you know, we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe that changes. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and and and. I like Cody being back personally. That's that's what I'll say. Oh, I like I, Cody being back. I just don't know how to feel about it because it's. We've already seen that the clones are like, okay, like we're kind of like giving passes to everybody who had, you know, everybody who did things because we know it wasn't, um, quote unquote, it wasn't them, right? And mm-hmm. so we bring Cody back. And the question, of course, is like, ooh, much like, much to, to Crosshair's point, like, uh, are you a traitor or are you not? Right. You know, 
Like, and so we don't have any real information there. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. I would love to see if he's actually back a reunion with Obi-Wan at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that, that character interaction would be really good, but I don't think we'll see Obi-Wan in bad batch. I think, I think he's off doing his thing on Tatooine and we'll, yeah, I don't think catch we'll see him for eventually. Um, I just, I think introducing, I, I'm, I'm worried about the problem that Marvel is currently facing, which is you get to the point where you have to start phasing people out in general across the mm-hmm. board. Um, so when, when you bring back Cody and you know that you are basically pining to have a season two of Obi-Wan, you know, like things like that are the things that give me a little bit of pause because I'm saying, okay, cool. How long can you keep that up though? Like Ewan McGregor and, and Hayden Christensen are not getting any younger, um, you know, and, and as much as we're progressing technology, you know, we can only take, um, oh God, what's his name? Clones, Tiana Morrison, right? Tamir Morrison, yeah. Tamir Morrison, like he's not getting any younger either. You can't make him a young clone, you know, and so how do we continue on with all of our favorite characters the same way that marvel has which is you know you kind of have to keep translating to the next generation but even then like we know that secret wars is already in play and everybody has signed back on to do secret wars robert Downey jr is coming back chris evans is coming back like everybody who said they were done is coming back for secret wars um we're not we're not gonna get into it because this is a much larger conversation but this goes back to what tim has been talking about with the the face rig technology that lucas and disney have um you know everyone can live forever essentially within the these universes so it really it's looking at that um versus disney's big pockets and their ability to bring people back like you said for secret wars and whatnot so it 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 it, yeah, it's it's kind of a we'll see. I see Obi Wan showing up in Jedi Survivor as more of a likelihood than Bad Batch. Yes, I am more on the other side. I am more convinced that Bad Batch will show up in Andor season two. Live action with else. Tamira Morrison yes. playing them all. Yep. Not even Tamira here's, Morrison playing. Here's them. why. I, I think it, they could stay different because it's not the same. Like the Bad Batch crew is all different enough. They wouldn't necessarily have to be a Tamara Morrison. But yes, here's why I don't think is the tone of Andor. Bad Batch is almost a little on the goofy side in a fun way. Yeah, and I feel like Andor is not that. I feel like Andor is more of a really serious tone. I don't think the Bad Batch fits the tone of Andor and what's happening in Andor. So while I agree, I do you think there is a place for that to be the place where they are serious though? Like again, back to the point of like separating audiences a little bit, like like Rebels, Clone Wars, Bad Batch are still all in that animated vein of like the adults are gonna watch them as long as they're deep into it. And then mm-hmm. the kids are gonna watch it because they like it. But the moment you translate into Andor, it's far more of an adult show. And all of mm-hmm. a sudden you have the ability to do what I think would be realistically probably the, the most fun, which is taking a book out of the Republic Commando set up and having the bad batch team be the republic like the andor republic commando group in like one or two of the missions with with cassian for that one of those three episode spans where like they're doing a full-on deep dive mission with you know the the crew from bad batch doing something you know in subversion because well, it wouldn't surprise because they're all under contract right so if they're under contract yes. and they're like these these groups here like who's to say that cassian doesn't find one of those groups join one of those groups for a couple of ways to like get out of the nose of the the empire or hires them himself and goes on the mission so you know knowing that they're they're defectors from the empire before uh, the empire quote unquote the republic right so i i think the setup is just there if they wanted to use them in that fashion because we've all been waiting for a republic commando-esque like showing whether it be in live action or animated so we will see. We're not that far away, folks. Like January 4th is right around the corner. Christmas is next week. So don't, if you haven't bought your that. gifts, get <laughs> kingscoastcoffee.com. I'm going to warn you one last time. Kingscoastcoffee.com. Thank you so much, Paul, for hanging out for this episode. Appreciate you hopping in uh, and helping out since Tim is off 
to Memphis tomorrow. Again, Build Against Cancer is this weekend. Uh, Dr. Lupo's YouTube channel as well as the GCX channel on Twitch. So let's make sure we're supporting the lovely, wonderful children at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, who Rare Drop has been working with now for seven years. Um, and uh, yeah, we would love to break some milestones and 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 uh, see some some lives change. So Build Against Cancer is this weekend. Make sure you tune in, and if you have the cash to donate. Great. If you don't, just share the stream. Let your relatives know. Tell everyone. Say, hey, this awesome thing's happening. Um, and let's uh, let's do some wonderful and amazing things. Um, you can check out Polly's I, at I Love Mondays with a U pretty much everywhere on the interweb. Sometimes there's inter- underscores. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's not. That's fine. But I love Mondays with a U uh, uh, everywhere. Uh, as always, make sure you go check out Timmy's Darkness429 everywhere on the internet, especially Facebook where he streams fb.gg slash darkness429. Everything I do is at raredrop.co. But if you want to talk to me, it's Kevin X Vision on Twitter, KMagic101 on Instagram. Uh, those are pretty much the only two social media platforms I use. And then Star Wars and Scotch is everywhere. So if you want to follow, just type in Star Wars and Scotch. It'll pop up. Uh, Star Wars Scotch on Twitter specifically, but everywhere else it's pretty much Star Wars and Scotch. Uh, we hope you have a fantastic week. We'll see you for the last episode of the year next week. Uh, well, for us, the last live episode, we'll have an episode, like I said, in between Christmas and New Year's, but it's pre-recorded and or roundtable with all of our friends, Gay Jedi, um, Lauren from Most Things Kenobi, and Alex from Star Wars Explained, hosted by Tim. We will see you next week. And Paul, you can have the honors to send us off this week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.